Blog Talk Radio. Joshua live here Sunday night on Blog Talk Radio. I have an amazing guest tonight, artist, producer, D1. Cannot wait for this. You know, it's not every day when someone that you listen to and and respect their work and admire them so much as an artist to where you actually get to talk to that person and really ask them things that you've been dying to ask them from being a fan for so long as I've been a fan of this guy for a couple of years now. So cannot wait for that. Call us, 718-664-6482. I have a feeling that people are going to be calling in tonight, and uh, we may or may not take your call. <laughs> I don't know. It just depends. We'll see how it goes. But, yeah, D1 live on the show tonight. A lot of my friends are excited about this. But I was just thinking, you know, right before waiting to do this show, but, um, you know, I don't want to die. I don't, I, I don't ever really want to be killed, you know. <laughs> but um, if I die, like, you know, or any time you see someone that dies young, it might not be a bad thing because I really think I have a problem with old people. Like, <laughs> I run into so many old people, you know, as I'm at work or, or just in life in general. And, and you know, old people just kind of, you know, slow everything down you know it's, 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 it's <laughs> there was a guy named Jonathan Frid who was the star of this show called Dark Shadows on television for many years and I, you know I remember seeing this when I was a little kid and my mom was a big fan of uh, Dark Shadows and uh, they just recently remade this into a movie with uh, Johnny Depp and everything but the actual Barnabas Collins his name was you know Jonathan Frid the actor that uh Played Barnabas. Anyway, he he was he was so fucking old. Like, like he's actually in the movie or something. I don't know. I didn't watch it, but uh, he died while they were making this movie because he fell. Like like when you get old, like if you just fall, you know, you die. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. Like like what I don't what I don't like about old people on like having to deal with them. They're just like. <laughs> I can't really see you. What? Uh, what is that? Uh, it's, it's it's horrible, you know. Like uh, it's really a pain, you know. You know, shout out to like Betty White, someone who's like an actress who can actually remember lines and stuff. Because I don't know, I'm like, <laughs> once you get that old, it's not the case most of the time. Like old ass people. Just you know, I don't ever want to have to go in the bathroom and you know try to aim to the toilet, and I'm just like pissed all over the wall. Or, or oh, uh, anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. Old people are just they, they've been they've had they've they've had to deal with so much shit in their lives to where it's like it's like they don't they just look at you. You know, so many old people I see, they just look at me like I'm the biggest piece of shit they ever saw in their life, and I'm being nice to them, but they just give that look like. Eh. <laughs> Anyway, 
got my guest, uh, D1, about to come on the line. Let's listen to uh, some of his work right now here on Change Will it Wild. turn out for me? Will I see the light? Or will it burn out for me? Or will I paint you a picture of darkness? All the say to the scripture. green with envy. I don't know why she sees it in me. Show me offends me. I don't know why I'm even friendly. Up for my city, the ones who show it back make it up for my city. But sometimes I 
I wonder why I give a fuck about my city. We don't want to hear that weak shit no more. Got the man on the line right now, D1. What's up? What up? What's up, Jamie? Good to have you on. First of all, let me say, you know, big fan. Everything you do. Thank you, man. I've recently become a fan of your podcast. Just uh, finally subscribed to it on iTunes and been listening to that uh, on my downtime. And pretty good show you got going. Oh, yeah, and now I finally get to have you on it. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about what we just heard. This For My City song really came out of nowhere for me. Just one day, all of a sudden, I, I saw you announce that you were going to be putting out this video. I had no idea what it, what it was going to be or what it was going to be about. And then it turned out to be this this, this track that, that that spawned a lot of responses and created a lot of, generated a lot of interest and and on music blogs everywhere right now, it's just doing real good. But um, for you to, uh, being the creator of this, to have you explain a little bit further for us. Um, basically, it, it got sparked because um, they started a Battle League in uh, Columbus. So a lot of the rappers, some of them battled back in the day and stuff, but all, like, kind of off-the-record type stuff. And it, it became a lot more public because of social media and all that. And um, there's a lot of a lot of drama and a lot of going back and forth with people in there. And um, it's cool for the league because it, it creates hype for the battles and everything. But... Right. Ultimately, for somebody in a different city looking in, it kind of, it's like, why are these guys I've never heard of sitting here acting, trying to argue about who's the best, and in their own, it's just like, it's a weird thing. I, I don't think people are really considering how it looks to outside um, cities. I think people are starting to do that now because they got caught up in it when it first started, but... um that's kind of what sparked the idea for the, the song. It was just like telling people to look at how they um, portray themselves uh, in the public because sometimes it's easy to get into that, that bubble and really just get caught up in your own bubble and forget how it looks to everybody else. And I think people, a lot of people were shooting themselves in the foot by acting like that. So I wanted to just put that song out and kind of, kind of reel everybody back in and say, let's, Let's start focusing on the craft and improving ourselves rather than getting caught up in the hype and just trying to put on an entertaining show that's really taking away from the focus of the craft. Yeah, because listening to that song, you can definitely tell it's coming from your heart and, and you're creating a lot of awareness from it and really inspiring right. people all around. Yeah, and I mean, that's the that's that's the first time I've rapped on one of my songs and my own songs in, in years. I stopped rapping a while ago and switched to doing just the singing stuff mostly. And it was mostly because I could never really come up with enough topics, really. It's, it, you got to write a lot when you're a rapper. That's why I have a lot of respect for the art of it because there's so, ma- so many more words and stuff that go into it. It's hard to really carry that through a whole song. So... Yeah, just listening it, to all the clips I played, that was the only one you were rapping. <laughs> right, yeah. So it was like one of those situations where I was like, all right, I've got an idea. It's about rap, so I've got to rap. I can't sing a song to rappers. So 
I kind of went and just, uh, it was like one of those situations where a couple of lyrics popped into my head and then the idea for the song kind of came off of that and then it went further and further and then all of a sudden I came up with the idea to make it like letter based and then from that I was like, well shit, maybe I can make it so people can respond so I can just put the instrumental out there for free and say, write me back and kind of get everybody involved and stuff and it's cool because it's, it's been a positive thing all the way around. It, yeah. It's not like it started more beef or anything. Or that's not what the goal of it was. And uh, I think for the most part, it's been received in a positive way. So that's cool. Oh, yeah. Very, very good job. It was brilliantly done in the production. Because you, you produce all your music. You write it. You sing it. Sometimes rap, like like we said. But, um, mm-hmm. So that's that's the, uh, the what separates you from a lot of people. But um, when did you start making music? Like, who or what inspired you to first get started producing? Or... I've, ever since I was really young, I, I like was always really into music, and I always had like that secret desire to um, to do it myself. Um, but at, at when I was around, I think I was about thirteen or fourteen, I bought. Um, program called Hip Hop EJ. And have you heard of that before? No, I haven't. All right, so it's it's this really old basic basic computer production program that was out. It was like on Windows 95 or some shit. And basically oh, shit, we're going way back. Yeah, it was it was loops, but it, I wouldn't even know if I call them loops cuz they weren't even four bars. It was like literally like just a bar loop. And Pretty much, no matter what you put together, it's going to sound good together if you stay within the sample pack of the loop. So it's just, it basically taught me the basics of producing. Of course, I wasn't really producing. I was just putting together loops and just learning how a uh, DAW works. But that's kind of what like made me really start to get into that, and then I started writing the beats, and then I progressed to where I bought a cheap microphone and then I figured out how to record myself and it was always really low quality so I started learning how to make myself sound better than the equipment that I was recording on so that got me more into like the mixing side of things so it was like a progression of all that but yeah as anything is and a lot of people think that, that it happens overnight but it really doesn't it takes oh, years and years and I mean <laughs> up until honestly up until three years ago I I don't know if everyone agrees with this, but I consider all my music garbage until three years ago. I didn't really get to that moment where I was like, all right, I get it. I figured out what my sound is and what works for me, and I'm not doing, I'm not trying to be somebody else. I'm finally just doing my own thing right now, and it's something that works. So it's hard to get to that point, but the the secret is just having people around you who are, honest with you about what you're doing and and kind of knocking you back into line when you start start feeling yourself too much basically. Yeah, a lot of people don't have that. They don't have that they're so, they have their circle of friends. And when and when they do get it it's, it's, when they do get it, especially nowadays, the term hater is so overused and thrown around. That's what if somebody criticizes you, it's automatically people just think you're a hater. There's right. for some reason they don't they don't even let themselves go into 
the thought of maybe there's a reason that they don't like my music. They take it personally. You're just a hater. But at this level, why would somebody be hating on you? I don't have the type of success that that anybody should be jealous of. So, so it's not really a hating thing. I, I, don't, I don't think you can call it hating unless you're making a million dollars. Because then you're just hating somebody because they're successful and that's what it's about. Well, you say you don't have that level of success, but you did, in fact, just win an Ohio Hip Hop Award. Oh, yeah. yeah. So too many people <laughs> on, on a local level, they would maybe want to take, take yeah, a shot yeah, at you. Yeah, you can downside stuff like that. But but the thing is, I haven't. I don't think I've received any hate just for, for getting that award. Maybe I don't. Oh, no, I haven't. But I haven't, I haven't seen it, yeah. I haven't seen it, but, but uh, what was that like that night it, when you were, uh, this was in Cleveland, and uh, I'm was sure MGK like, was up for everywhere. Yeah, he, um, he wasn't actually there, but uh, he had people from his team there, and they, I think they took home like 10 or 11 awards that night. It was something crazy. <laughs> the dude took a picture of it, like hanging out the van with like all the awards around, and it was crazy. But um, yeah, it was, I didn't really did not expect to win that. Um. So it was it was definitely a big surprise. The whole time I was just nervous to get to that point where I didn't win it. I was just just wanted to get it over with and then figure out what to say when I lost, just to act like it didn't bother me. But so winning it like really threw me off, and I didn't even know what to say. Well, I'll be there next year when you're being best artist and best producer. <laughs> Hopefully, the things have been coming your way. You've had a lot of the critical acclaim for uh, your production on a uh, Megahertz Legacy, different projects. You work with a copyright guy mm-hmm. who's a well, very well respected in the in the game. And you came out with a uh, project called Soul Blue, and there was actually a whole concert that got thrown. Last year, Soul Blue, the concert, which I still have my uh, ticket stub for. I can't even remember why I wasn't able to go, but I'm so mad about it. But I'm, I'm just wondering if any more of the uh, Soul Blue, the concert footage, will ever be released. Or or, or what was that night um, like, like where you're actually performing pretty much a headlining act, performing this material? It, 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 felt good. Cool. It, it gave me a little bit of a different swagger. It, it's that's like the toughest thing for me is performing. Uh, I get really nervous about all that stuff. So headlining definitely gave me a different swagger and confidence to it. And um, just knowing that it was my show and people were there to see me made me more confident because I didn't feel like I had that, that hill to climb over to win everybody over. So it was, it was fun. It was definitely the best show I've done. Were there any shows that you did that uh, you didn't like or that you would say helped you along the way as far as, well, this isn't what I want to do? Pretty much any show that I got too drunk at and there was footage. Those <laughs> are the shows that really suck. Cause when, <laughs> I used to when you're waiting around forever, <laughs> you right, don't know when you're going on party. and you're waiting around. For me, yeah, for me, I get there, I'm like, all right, I'm nervous as shit, so I'm going to have a couple drinks. Then it's like, 
Uh, we're pushing back the time because we're going to wait for more people to show up. This person wants to go on, so we're going to switch this around. They're going to be going here. And if I stop, I'm going to tell you first, if I stop, have a couple of drinks and I stop drinking, then I just want to pass out. I get tired. So, so I keep drinking, and then finally I go up at 1 o'clock in the morning or something, and I'm completely, completely wasted. If there's no footage, then I think I killed it. I'm drunk. But as soon as I see a video of myself, I'm like, oh, man, that was not how I thought it sounded. So from that to Soul Blue to uh, around election time, 2012, you put out Political Love Story. It was an EP, six tracks. Mm-hmm. And this is this is when uh, Obama was going up for re-election. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the song called Change, which is actually one of my favorite songs, even though I voted for Obama. But <laughs> you cannot deny it. I like the music and how it sounds. And, uh, if you, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was definitely the goal with the the that song in general. That was because when I made it, everybody was in support of Obama. Pretty much that was in uh, in my area. So I wanted to make a song that people would like, no matter what the message was. And then maybe after listening to it a few times, then they would see where I was coming from and be like, "Oh, okay, I never thought of it like that." See if I can get him back on the line. I don't know, this really sucks ass. Uh, kind of technical difficulties here with the uh, vibe. Switchboard here. Try to fix this. Okay, I'm going to... Uh, Okay, you there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Cool. Yeah. This yeah, is like the worst over. thing. That, that Why? It's never cut. It's never done that. <laughs> Doing the show, it's never gone. I've never lost my guest or got all <laughs> shitty like that. That sucks. So everyone's still listening. Thank you for staying tuned in. Um, tell us where we're at. Uh, I don't remember either. That's that's terrible. Like uh, the Illuminati clearly trying to shut us down, but I fixed it. So <laughs> yeah, let's keep going. The new let's to, uh, right. There's a couple other things I wanted to get into about how you actually met Kanye West once at a show. Wanted you to tell that story. Um, basically, uh, I was just, I was living out in uh, New York. I moved down there for a year, uh, 
my uh, buddy that I learned to make music with, we actually met through the internet, like, way, way back in the day, when I was, like, 14 or 15. Um, his name is Elite. He is uh, he's J. Cole's producer. And uh, he also yeah. interned for the Rough Riders and all that when he was younger. So um, I moved out there for a year, and kind of he taught me the ropes and stuff as far as, like, mixing goes and bringing me around his circle and just really getting um, – experience and just being around industry people and seeing really how everything works. So while we were out there, um, uh, Cole was touring with uh, Rihanna. He was opening for her right when he dropped the uh, sideline store. And uh, he took us backstage when he was at the New York show. And uh, we were kicking it back there. And um, Kanye made a surprise appearance to uh, jump on stage with Rihanna, so he showed up backstage, and he had to shake his hand and stuff, and he was real cool. He he actually had just finished um, recording Watch the Throne, so he was all excited to play that for Cole, and he was running around trying to find a stereo and shit. It's kind of funny. That's crazy. So you had no idea that this was about to happen. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even know he was showing up. It was just on some... I don't even think... Well, I mean, I guess Rihanna probably knew because they had all of the lights queued up. I guess they didn't know that was going to happen beforehand. How could they have the track ready? But um, definitely Cole didn't know he was going to be showing up. So it was definitely a surprise. I'm so pissed at the show. Get cut out like that. <laughs> I'm just going to try to get to get to some more things here. Uh, the... Uh, Eminem album came out, Marshall Mathers LP2, back uh, like four months ago. And you were actually one of the people online that were pretty, you were pretty much telling everyone it's not going to be like a, a a real sequel to the first one. And mm-hmm. and and sure enough, you were right. You know, <laughs> I, I was pulling for him. But uh, the song, uh, you actually rated all the songs and a uh, rap god was in your lowest level of whackness as far as that album goes. <laughs> yeah, the one I don't know. Yeah. Some of them, some of them, Oh, the rap god one? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was cool for what it was. It was just, I guess it was not as impressive. I, I've heard, since I've been around copyright a lot, Honestly, that has kind of made me so much more critical of people lyrically because he, he kind of, he's one of those rappers who has every element of MCing in him and he's completely stellar at all of the elements. So now that I've seen somebody who can double time crazy fast while being clear, while having crazy delivery, while having incredible lyricism and wittiness and metaphors and punchlines pieces. It's crazy listening to him rap. So when I hear Eminem doing that on Rap Guide, it's just, I know that it's just, it's impressive because he's switching up the flow so much, which is definitely dope, crazy, he's incredible at doing that, but when you read the lyrics, he's not saying anything. So, it was just one of those things that I tend to be really harsh on stuff that gets overhyped. So try to 
bring it back down to the level it should be at. But I think um, the other two singles are really, though, what made me say, all right, this album's not going to be what one was. Oh, shit, I can't hear you. Hmm? Oh, it was, it was cutting out on me again. I couldn't hear you. No. <laughs> yeah. The problems of doing a live show, as I've said. But... Yeah, I don't know. That's basically it. On the Eminem album. It, it's better than... It's, it was better than his other sober albums. So at least he's getting better as a sober rapper. Right, but, so far. Which, which we don't know how many more he has left in him or anything. Yeah, probably not. That's why you being a you being an artist and a producer, like uh you but I I take what you say with more, you know, salt than the average fucking you know? so so like <laughs> You know what are what are what are what are three things that you would tell like anyone that's that's trying to rap or promote themselves, so like like what they would need to do or or have if they're really trying to like 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 impress people or really go somewhere in the industry like 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 uh, what are, what are like the things you would look for before you would even consider like checking out someone or or you know things like this like. Because I know, like, I see people put a new song up on it and listen to it. Like, I, I listen to it if someone else shares it, you know, then I'm like, oh, well, this guy must be doing something. <laughs> someone to check mm-hmm. it out. Like, like what, are, what, are, what are the things that you, as as D1, would tell people, like, look, this, 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 three things that you would, like, the first three things you would tell people? The first thing is just, the main thing is just focus on your craft and get better at what you do. Um, You have to really have that ability to critique yourself or let other people critique you and get you on the right path as far as musically. And doing it in a a realistic way or finding your own lane, basically, finding your own voice and not don't listen to this guy and be like, oh, I want to do a song like that. Just, it's more about just being unique and finding your own path in, uh, in music, and it took me a long time to figure that out. If I had figured that out when I was younger, I would be much further than I am now. Um, the second thing, especially for rappers, is either learn how to produce, find a producer, third option, I guess. <laughs> Find a producer and stop using sound click beats if you're not paying for it. Because when I hear a tag on a track, I automatically start thinking, no, this is why. Because <laughs> the main thing about, I think a lot of people don't understand with um, with hip-hop is it's not just about taking a beat and just rapping over it. When you have a producer, you need a director. You need somebody who is making something for you and creating it while you're creating on it and building up the whole thing together. If you have those elements in line, 
and it's all happening together organically and building up together and everything's balancing each other out, that's what creates the songs that really set you apart from everybody else. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, uh, from somebody else can just rap on it. The, the beats staying the same no matter what you do vocally. And a lot of people, if you're yeah. not a producer, you don't have the ear to figure out how to make your vocals sound like it's woven in there. And it's it's really tough to do if you don't have the multi-track and all that. So that's, that's yeah, that's like on. what was that? That's like if if people just keep rapping to these sound click beats, like how are they ever gonna find themselves when they're only rapping what they're rapping because of what the beat dictates? Like you just said, if you have a producer there, you're working, you know, to create your own sound and catering around. And I know for me, and and I've been guilty of it. I spent that was all I did back in the day. There was a long period where I stopped making beats, and I was just focused on rapping, and I was downloading the SoundClick beats because that, that was, like, really when it uh, when it got established. And I know for me, I would go on there and I would look for this beat sounds like this, something that I liked at the time, like maybe, like, Kanye's Through the Wire type beat or something. I'm already setting the intention of making a song like somebody else, so there's really not room for you to do something unique in the first place. And then the third thing that I would tell, and this is probably the biggest of them all, this this will set you apart no matter what your skill level is, is just learning the business and how to market yourself correctly and how to properly release things to the public. That's why the dudes like Little B and uh, Chief Keith and those kind of guys, that's why they survive and thrive in the industry because they have the business part of things figured out. And a lot of times that that supersedes all the other stuff. Yeah, sometimes in a lot of cases, as I remember young Jeezy, actually, they stopped putting on his records because they're like, this guy has no talent. But but it, in some cases, like, like it's... It, he had connections. He had done, you know, songs with different people, and, and you know, was playing, you know, business. But that's not really actually at all what you were saying. I just wanted to take a stab at Young know, D and how they stopped putting out his record. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I'm so mad about the uh, technical difficulties here. I can't even stand it. But uh, it's not a live show without technical difficulties. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's even. It, it's telling me it's it's still recording all this, so I think we're good. So, uh, cool. I guess I should say that I did shrooms once. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that was Is about two thousand seven. What was your my, <laughs> my friend Rob Rob May actually. Uh, brought over this little bag and uh, I was just like eating these stems and we, we'd always make videos back then so I'm like on a video just eating these and he left you know he totally set me up and, and I'm like <laughs> I'm just laughing until like 8 in the morning like I'm gonna kill her up <laughs> and everything became really bright like all every light everything I looked at was like like uh, just just ex- 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 accelerated like 100,000 times um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I've never really done too many uh, drugs, you know. Of course, smoke weed and stuff, but 
I don't know what your what your opinion on this uh, is. Uh, I mean, I've definitely dabbled, probably more than dabbled when I was younger. Um, I had a couple of bad dabbled. experiences toward, toward, huh? I said you I had dabbled. A, <laughs> yeah, I had a couple of bad experiences there towards the end, so it kind of really turned me off to all of it because when you have a bad trip, it, it can really scar you mentally. So there was a long time there where I was like, fuck that, I'm there. I, no one should ever do that. I was completely against it, but kind of lately I've turned my idea around on it because I've realized why it happened and why it happens for other people. So you've had some bad trips that <laughs> were leading you to think the other thing, like the, the whole complete other direction. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, like definitely when I when I went into like when I was doing drugs and stuff, it wasn't to in any kind of spiritual way. It was always just, I just want to get fucked up because I like getting fucked up. It's high school. I was just a dumb teenager and stuff. But it was weird because when I did have good experiences in it, I came out of it a very different person in a, in a much better way, a more positive way. Um, I felt a lot more connected spiritually to the universe and stuff. So it was weird because I didn't... I didn't go into it expecting that, and that's what I came out of it with. So I think in some ways if it's used correctly and responsibly and it's used for that reason going into it, then I think a lot of people can really benefit from it. And then there's on the flip side, there's a lot of people who should never do it at all. They would not be able to handle it. <laughs> so, but if you know what you're doing with it and if like right. you're saying it, and the other thing too is the problem is this is why I think that all drugs should be legal. People are gonna do drugs regardless. So if they're gonna do them, then give them a way to do them responsibly. If they're gonna do it anyways. You already know they're going to. And legalizing isn't gonna make other people just like if you if, if they legalize crack today. Would you run to the store and buy crack? No. Yeah, fuck no. No one's going to do that. <laughs> well, Rob, so he's a different animal. But, yeah, not if, all of us If are, they legalize uh, it and they, they package it in a way to where, because it's all about, you can't just, there can't just be a universal dose for everybody's sake. When you buy shrooms, it's like either eat a half eighth or an eighth. The shrooms are all different potencies, all different levels. You're, everybody's a different weight. Everyone has different metabolism. So it's different for everybody. If it was actually like packaged in a way where you know what you're getting for sure and you know how much to take to have a good experience, then that seems 100 times safer than people going and buying it from some dude down the street who just, decided to order some spores online and grow the shit and he doesn't even know what he's making. Because a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people like, like a lot of creativity has been like, and take Eminem, for example, when he was doing drugs. Mm-hmm. I think oh, his music was incredible. That's why, yeah. he, that's the only reason I, I still like have faith in him. It's just because he was at that level then. 
and I have so much hope that he'll get back to that level one last time before he, he hangs his head up. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too, all too optimistic about it as far as him. But there's a lot of people coming up, you know, as far as the uh, Kendrick Lamar's or mm-hmm. this and that. that uh, and even locally. Who is it? Who is some people. Uh, so I know Kendrick Lamar is a big, um, I don't know, it, his group and label is definitely big promoters of using hallucinogenics. Yeah, that could have something to do with all of this. <laughs> I mean, uh, you go back to all the greats have done it, so there's got to be something to it. But there's also yeah. a, a, a stigma that's attached to drugs, and they all get just lumped into the drug category, and there's no differentiation between all of them. The other thing is, too, when you took, when you took D.A.R.E. and all that stuff when you're younger, they aren't. They aren't completely honest with you about the bad things. When they weed is on the same level as crack when it comes to dare. So oh, yeah, you get older there. and you, yeah. So you get older and you realize, wait, weed's not even as bad as alcohol. So they were lying to me about that. Then what else were they lying to me about? Then all of a sudden the doors open for everything. That's the only reason I see weed as a gateway drug in some fashion. If they were honest from the jump about it, then I think it would be easier for the general public to say, all right, don't smoke crack. Smoking meth is probably a bad idea. Hallucinogenics might be cool in certain situations for spiritual activities and all that stuff. So. Yeah. It's it seems to have enhanced music a lot, and uh, but a lot of people in yeah. Hollywood, a lot of Hollywood actors die <laughs> from the overdosing on the prescription drugs and things. Exactly, yeah, but yeah, so all that stuff's bad, but keep feeding us those manufactured pills. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I want to say before it cuts me off, I want to say thanks, Chris, and uh, really mad about this feed cutting out on us tonight and, and but uh thanks for coming on the show and uh, yeah, thanks for having me I appreciate you all well. the uh, success in the world you deserve oh, yeah. it thank you man I appreciate you too you got a good show going on I hope more people hear it and keep spreading and um uh, definitely do